If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast and VC Production Studios right here in Nashville, Tennessee. we got a great show for you today. It's the mm-hmm. afternoon version of our show. Always at the table, straight off the course with Tiger Woods from Augusta, Charleston, South Carolina. The list goes on and on in his mobile <laughs> office. Uh, the, the founder and CEO of the GOAT Family of Brands, Tyler Burnett. We're so glad you're here with us today. Mm-hmm. And then the season ticket holder, he claims that soccer is the only growing spectator sport in America. That's true. My good friend, we call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. He is the calming force to our show, <laughs> Captain Kintsugi. Oh, thank you. John Byers. <laughs> That's a good stuff. We, we are the GOAT Consulting Podcast. We serve it up in a way that you can get it, kind of like Waffle House. And, and the, the frames are simple. In our 20s, they teach us to get in the game. In our 30s, they teach us to move up. In our 40s, we try to stay in because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. And, man, I went out to L.A. and experienced that, uh, experienced that. And I'll talk about that. But our 50s, what the research says is we finally ask, what is it that I really want? And that's part of why we do this show. We want you to ask, what is it you really want today? Hmm. And then when it comes to the GOAT, or the greatest of all time in sports, it's easy to see. It's people that are recognized for their greatness. What they do elevates the play around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy, creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And I will tell you this. When your mission is helping people on their path to better health and you're still selling cigarettes, you're still selling tobacco, oh, something's off. then there's a, there's a chance for new challenge and new opportunity. And that was the premise. That was the focus. That was the moment for you where you said, Hey, we got to dig into this. We got to talk about yeah. how you double down on mission, purpose, and cost. Yes. And so you decided we're going to, we're going to drill in for this for our audience today. We're going to talk about doubling down. Those are words that we use in business, right? Tyler, those are your words that we use. You know, what is your mission? What is your purpose? What is your cause? The great Joe Calloway says the, the people that went in business today, businesses that went today have a very clear sense of who they are. Mm. And all that's tied to mission, purpose, and cause. And you want to give us some highlights to start off the show. We, before we do that, let's thank our good friends at Dev Digital. They're good folks. <laughs> they are good folks. And, and you talk about mission, purpose, and cause. They nail it. I mean, all three wrapped into one. Yeah. They, they do all things digital, healthcare, education. Um, they, they've got a little thing called Kernel, where you can just wrap up your idea, bring it to them. They'll partner with you, and they'll bring the platform to the world. They'll so, digitize it. <laughs> they'll digitize it. And if you're ever in Zambia, stop by their office. <laughs> Bahamas, Zambia, wherever it may be. Shout out to Amanda. Thank you for making that work for us. We're excited for you to be here today. John's going to kick us off with a little highlights of um, of why you decided we need to dig, dig, dig deeper into this. This is the financial uh, financial um, analyst side of you that I have not seen before. Yeah, this is really fun, and it, it does exist. And this is an episode uh, where we're going to talk a little about CVS. You might have gone there before to get a last-minute birthday card. <laughs> or That's funny because it's true, right? 
or to get uh, a, a snack, or to get some film Ooh. processed. Hold on, some cigarettes. Let's do this. What's what's the last thing you bought at CVS? Um, Be honest. Oh gosh. This our, our, our probably a COVID test, <laughs> a rapid COVID <laughs> test rapid a year COVID ago. Yeah. What did you buy? Don't ask me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, um, can you say it? I cannot say it okay. on here. Out of town. We'll talk about it later. Out of town emergency with the wife. We had to stop by there. So we will move on. Do you want to share? Yeah, I just got some aspirin, baby aspirins. Some baby aspirin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's something really cool. I was reading about CVS lately, uh, recently in an article, and it was talking about, um, as you shared, their mission is helping people on their path to better health. The executives believe this at CVS, and they always have. In fact, so much so that they put it outside of every single executive's office. They put it in their conference room. They regularly have meetings with health systems and hospitals on how they can better work together for patients. Mm -hmm. So they're going outside of their box to really focus on their mission. And at the end of many of those meetings, it inevitably would come up in most, I think, from what I read, that someone would say, this was twenty pre-2014, someone would inevitably say, but don't you sell cigarettes at your stores? Yeah. And in fact, they did. They had, at the time, 2,800 stores that were averaging about 700 packs a year. Uh, or uh, each store, which is about two million packs, two billion dollars in revenue, mm. and yet at that time, four hundred and eighty thousand tobacco-related deaths were occurring every day. Four hundred eighty thousand. That's per not day. better. That's not better health. That is not better health, Nan, nor are they promoting it. So as they would continue to get challenged, and by the way, I, I put a pause in that after after I read it, and I thought, you know, there are moments where we come into awareness with our values or a misalignment of our values. And they clearly came into that moment at the end of 2014. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. And, and the point is this. I think it's our big first big rock for today. When do values become important in organizations? When do values become important in organizations? I mean, the right answer would be at the very beginning as you're building it, right? Yeah. Now, now is that true, or is it come in these defining moments where you have to realize? Well, I think that's it. I maybe think it's it an adjustment, but uh, there was something I looked at with Deloitte. Uh, pur Purpose-driven companies witness higher market share gains and grow on average three times faster than their competitors. Very good. So I think if you really look at the bigger picture and you say that, you know, we have to understand what we're trying to accomplish as a company and – what is our purpose? Well, I got to figure out what our purpose is for our employees and for our, the whole company. And I want to go back to my point. Values become important in organizations when people mm -hmm. have to make decisions. When you have to make decisions, that's when values really are critical. I would say remembering what your values are. And I think that's a great point that we can circle back to. Here, here's what happens. February 2014, CVS announced they would no longer sell tobacco-related products in any of their 2,800 stores. Keep in mind, and this is what I think is fascinating, no one told them to do this. There was not any public pressure. There was not any scandal. There wasn't an online campaign. In, in your research for the show, did you find any reason why they, at this moment – in the history of the company, that they said, "This is we're doing this." I think it probably just continued to weigh on them to really 
what are our values? And at the end of those meetings, as I talked about earlier, when they would somebody would question whether they sold tobacco related products and they'd have to say, yeah, then they would always have to rub up against are we are our values misaligned here? Yeah. And and as I mentioned earlier, it created a two billion dollar loss of revenue. The announcement was so was overwhelmingly supportive by the general public. However, Wall Street didn't feel as so much so. Uh, in fact, Jim Cramer, the CNBC financial commentator, said it might make money in Oz, but Wall Street is not Oz. No one's going to buy CVS because they are good citizens. That was absolutely wrong. You know that had to be a very tough decision i'm sure the cfo sat down with the executive team and said okay we're selling x amount of percentage of our company is based on cigarettes and half i mean 60 percent yes pharmacy or whatever and that had to be a tough didn't the research say that 15 percent of tobacco went through cvs nationally so i think there is 15 percent market share they had 15 percent market share yes and so I love the next point you had and in, in, in where you were going with all this. Well, yeah, I think it's fascinating because they said, you know, what we, we've realized our values are misaligned here and what we're what our mission is, what we're how we're executing that mission. There's a misalignment. What are we going to do? We're not going to offer tobacco related products anymore. Wall Street goes nuts. Their stock does take a dip and they and and. The 700 packs per store, in fact, was the one of the worries that they would go to their competitors. Yeah. And interestingly enough, they didn't go anywhere else. And like Tyler said, uh, the, to- the total sale of cigarettes decreased where they had 15% market share. People didn't go and buy those cigarettes elsewhere. They stopped buying them. And which totaled in 95 million fewer packs sold in the eight months after CVS made that announcement. Nicotine patch sales went up 4% immediately. Have you ever bought one of those? I have never bought one. Have you? I've never even smoked a cigarette, so no. (laughs) Say that to the camera, please. I have never smoked a cigarette in 32 years of my life. I will tell you. Dipped one time when I was 16. Did you pass out? Copenhagen snuff. No, I wanted to throw I up. Did. When I, I did. I passed out. Never I will tell again. you, a few years ago, somebody's like, have you ever bought a pair of, pack of cigarettes? I said, no. He goes, you need to go do that just to be able to. And so I did. And I walked into a, a gas station. Just to say that you can. I walked into a gas station, and I and I told the guy, I said, I'd like a pack of the Cowboy Killers. Yeah. And he looked at me like I had three heads, and, yeah. and he sold them to cool. me. And I put one in my mouth. I didn't light it, and I thought, oh, this is not for me. Wow. But well, I did it. It's good well, for you. I've, I've never done that. So You're welcome. And I don't Proud know that I should. Should I, after your experience, do you believe I should buy a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> I think do it. Ask yourself, why haven't you? And maybe that's the maybe that's the interim step. <laughs> Fascinating story with CVS. You know, here's what I think. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think you bring I think it I think the story brings up uh, a real challenge for leadership. And people like Tyler that sit in the CEO position mm-hmm. and with 20, Two. 26 employees, it went up four since the last time I talked to you, um, is I think, I think leaders and managers get paid to solve problems and make decisions and they're judged on results. And those results define whether you move up or down in your career and the organization moves up or down. And I think the interesting idea here to take away and think about for the audience is that I think, we think we know how to make decisions 
But the bigger challenge is when you sit there in that chair, what decisions do you make? Mm. And I think this story is a great example of letting values guide the decisions that you make. Well, and, and I think the, the defining moment for me, and my GOAT actually is that moment in February 2014 where CVS, we've had a GOAT moment on the show before, this is another one for me, where they make that call. And what they did, and what to, to your point that you just made, is they were basing their decisions off of their mission, purpose, just cause, not off of Wall Street or the results that they thought were going to occur, good or bad. That didn't have anything to do with the decision that they were making. That's what's so powerful about this. And a few years ago, I do this thing when my kid, when my boys turn 13, give them a book, take them on a trip, have this initiation. And one of the books I gave to my older son, John David, is a book called Home Run Life. And it talks about life is designed or more like baseball is designed and compares to life. And after T-ball, like it's not cute to run to third base anymore, right? Like you when you when you hit the ball. You run the bases the right way. And what you just said is really powerful. And I think to add to that, yes, leaders are based off of results, but there are things that have to happen before results so that you can get to where you want to be. So, okay, so first base. So oh, oh, oh. first base. He's, he's first base. Win within. That's what this book talks about. Ooh. Win within. Do it's within. character. You've got to win within before you can go on. But second, sec- second base. base. Yeah. Win in relationships. You've got to win character. You've got to win community, is how the book puts it. And then third base is you win results. But you cannot run the bases the wrong way. And one of the challenges that we face in life pretty good is, is to win the results and then. Yeah. Is that we want to run the bases the wrong way. Think about it in school, whether you want to pay yeah. uh, illegally to be on the road team at university, you know, <laughs> did USC. Did you watch that over the weekend? I did not, but that was a thing in relationships, right? So we want to put, within. We want to put things on fast forward when we need to be running to first base first. When within. Well, I, lo- I just love what happened. You didn't really talk about it, but it was part of your research that Irwin Naturals and New Chapter Vitamins came in. And so many times you look at the immediate loss or gain, Mm -hmm. but you don't think big picture. And and the nicotine patch is going up. I I think when when you go back and say, this is what I really want to do as a company, and you develop that, I think it does a couple things. It should always align you with where you're trying to go, and it should always align your team as well. Because as the executive, you can't make every decision. You want and, to. Well, yeah, you want to. But, <laughs> you know, your company is not going to be judged just on you. The majority sure. of your, the majority of McDonald's brand comes from the people that take your, that take your order at the counter, right? No, we're not doing that today. We're not talking about you ordering the, the I'm not chicken ordering, sandwich. No, we're not talking about McDonald's. Hybrid. But you know what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> the, the brand, my brand of Goat Turf, is most of the time going to be driven from their interaction with my sales team and then their actual interaction with my install team. And if those people don't understand what our mission and our values are, yeah. then our brand is going to be misrepresented well, on a day-to-day basis. I think he's a great example of, of the bases that you just ran, win within. Win character, win within, yep. The very first thing you said before anything, I want to build a vehicle where everybody can win. Mm -hmm. Not only I can win, but everybody can win. I want to create more opportunities for myself and other people. That's right. Then win relationships, which is how you started to build the business. Provide great value for other people. There you go. And winning results. So think about 
Capture that. We've seen it in. Where did, that's from what book? We've seen it in Tyler's. The book that I bought for John Davis called Home Run Life. Home Run Life. Fantastic. Okay, that's kind of just a side note. There's an added bonus to listen today. Home Run Life. Great book. Think about Tyler's business and those three bases. Think about this decision from CVS. This first had to be a win within. And I really believe this. I don't think they were focused on what the result would be. They were focused on lining up with our mission, purpose, and just cause. That's what I think they're fo- – that's a win within, right? And so here's what happened right after they announced it. Stock initially fell the day after the announcement by 1%. Yeah. It went from $66.11 to $65.44 only to recover the next day. A year and a half after the announcement – which was eight months after the whole plan was implemented. So a year and a half after they announced, eight months after they, they were at no more cigarettes to this day has been sold or tobacco-related in CVS, the stock was at $113.65. Doubles in a year and a half. That's not why they made the decision. And to Tyler's point also, they had new partners come in that helped boost that, those sales, which was Irwin Naturals, New Chapter Vitamins, they were sold in Whole Foods at the time, but wouldn't sell because the align the the values within CVS weren't aligned with their mission. Yeah, or it wasn't strong enough, or whatever. I mean, well, I did I did the research, and I do know I can I can end the speculation. I know exactly what they said in the boardroom when it comes to the character and winning. Within. Tell us what they said was every study that's been done about better health in society begins with disrupting the bad health habits and the pathway to bad health habits. So they asked themselves, how could they disrupt bad health habits faster than anybody else? And they said, the first thing we can do in disruption is stop selling tobacco. That was their number one reason. And they, it moved they, there was a people. study that it said, moved people away from tobacco. That's, that's right. the f- most fascinating thing. Yeah. What they was what their ideal hope was occurred. Studies after study said this, the pathway to better health was disrupting bad habits related to health. Mm. And think about the story that people those cashiers were able to tell Do you at CVS. Me? Do you believe it? That that's true? What I it do? just Okay. I believe that cashier, like when people come in, like, "Hey, where are the cigarettes? Uh, can I, you know I, need some, I need some say, cowboy. I need say, some cowboy same killers." Thing that happened to John. You, know, you know how many people got yelled at because of this? The yeah. cashiers. But do you know how much more convicted of the mission those people were, though? Think about think about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Think about how convicted they felt when they handed a pack of cigarettes to somebody. And like, convicted? I thought I was coming to work for CVS yeah. to work for a health company, <laughs> yeah. and here I am handing this guy cigarettes every morning that he comes in at seven a.m. They, yeah. their, their customer. And their employee loyalty all significantly shot up. So listen to this. This is really fascinating. So Walgreens and Rite Aid were both asked post-announcement, what are you going to do? Walgreens, here's their mission before I tell you. (laughs) Help people across the world lead healthier and happier lives. That's Mm. their mission. Mm. When asked if they would follow CVS's lead, their statement, um, we we have an active decision to reduce space, and visibility of tobacco products in certain stores as we focus on helping customers who want to stop smoking. Well, they wanted the happier life part. <laughs> they didn't want the healthier. <laughs> they only lived to half of it. We, we reduced visibility and 
Only in certain stores. I mean, what a lukewarm, disgusting answer. Walgreens, you've lost some so of my business. They didn't so look- your, um, your study on this one, you sent this out <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It is disgusting. I was only able to I was see this probably 10 days ago or so, and I really started thinking, how could I leverage that when it comes to turf? So I passed a Loves one day, and they had a dog park. Have you ever seen those at the dog park? Yeah. yeah. They look terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I looked up the mission statement of Loves, and mm. if you know it, it says this, clean places, friendly faces. Wow. So I have a meeting. Including dog I have faces. a meeting with Loves. Dude. And I want to if, tell them so we much of on what camera, I would hug you right now. That's awesome. So much of what you were doing is about clean spaces, but the place you don't have that it's is in, in the dog, dog park. park. So and I want to do every one of them. So I asked Loves, why did they decide to do dog parks when nobody else does it? The f- five of their top executives have dogs when they travel, and they want to be able to stop for their dogs. But who wants to stop after a day like today? Two days in a row of rain. Yeah, Who would so stop good. that drives a dog that drives a semi truck that has a dog with them? Who would want to stop at that dog park? No one. No one. Do you know what can make them want to stop at a dog park? Dun, Not dun, only dun, turf, dun. but maybe tunnels or whatever. Those dogs need to get out when they're traveling. That's they, awesome. they need to get out some energy. So I'm hoping that this idea from you and a really cool idea from what you've packaged together and missions and values of a company. I'm hoping that I can work together with Loves to help them truly get clean places and hopefully increase their friendly faces. Clean, fa- <laughs> clean you place? Did, you faces. did that well. I mean, really <laughs> I did a, that well. I need well. a multi. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I mean, this is fun. Let this me tell you me what, good. what Rite Aid said. I'm, Rite Aid, I'm stop smoking today. Here's what Rite Aid said. They're number three. I'm the mar- still disgusted with Walgreens. We have a personal interest in your health and wellness. <laughs> That's why we deliver the products and services that you, our valued customer, need to lead a healthy and happier life. I think that's their mission statement. Okay. Then they said, we offer a wide range of products, including tobacco products, which are available for purchase in accordance with federal, state, and local laws. They put it off. They put it off on the federal government. They did. They just. I'm, I'm look, adding Walgreens it, and it, Rite Aid to the no call list for sponsorship. It goes back to just because it's permissible doesn't mean it's okay, right? It doesn't. It goes something like that. <laughs> we'll have the real I phrase. Think that up. depends on what generation we'll you're talking. Maybe the '70s. We'll have that up on the website later. Yes. But but there. Here's what I wrote down. I looked up integrity or maybe i wrote this down from what was in my head it's when our words and our actions line up good that's what cvs nailed and that's where in this case walgreens and right and, and here's what blows your mind i mean both of you have a high level of success in business doesn't it blow your mind that somebody that gets paid lots of money a group of people sitting in a c-suite say walgreens go this is the best way to handle this and right goes this is the best way to handle this it just it doesn't make. There's no part of that that makes sense. They they're actively choosing something different than aligning, or let me put it this way: they're actively choosing something different than doubling down on their mission, purpose, and just cause. Oh wow! Well, let's do this then, because I think you just nailed it. That was a ten, the triple Lundy there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about your shirt for the audience, since we didn't do that. It's not about baseball. Not. not about home run life. It's about soccer. You are a season ticket holder. I am a season ticket holder. Uh, we are days away from uh, Geodis Park opening 
which is the largest soccer-only stadium, I think, in North America, certainly in the U.S. I think it's North America, and was able to go and tour it the other day. It's beautiful. So excited to be a season ticket holder of soccer. Never thought I would say those words in my entire life. Me neither. Is it real, real turf? Or? And it is It is not turf. Is it real turf? I don't know what the, how to answer is that. Is it artificial or is it, is it real not grass? Artif- it is real grass. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we need to have a conversation. I think they have a lining across that is turf, though. Oh, I was just curious. I'm just uh, proud that you're wearing that shirt and supporting another uh, local sports property. So right here in Nashville, Tennessee. May first, get over to. uh, I won't be. I'll watch on TV, but I won't be attending large audiences there. Your goat for today, while we while we bring the plane down to the ground. Well, I had a tough time with this. Um, I'm sure there's tons of, of of other things to be on here, but. And I know Google's kind of gone away from this, but I really liked Google's mission statement to organize the world's information and make it accessible and usable. And I think they have really done that. Well, yeah, in a, well, in they, a, are, they are using it for show. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I know there's a, there's pros and cons to what they do, but it is incredible the amount of research. I'm sure when you research this information, you got it off Google. I did. Okay. And hey, I'm, you, I'm you sure told me you went to Ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you did it, dude. So I did it through DuckDuck. Goose, whatever that. Yeah. And Larry Sorry. Page is um, one of the executives for Google, and, and they ask him about uh, the, the mission statement, and he says, I think we've outgrown it, but I really don't know how to redefine it yet. Interesting. You are full so, of all – you must so, have spent a lot of time reading on the way back from, today. from, Char- from uh, Charleston. One practical takeaway, and then you can shut us down. Yeah. I What I chose to do from this, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm going to, is I'm going to write a personal mission statement. Yes. And I'm going to keep that, aligning that to my bout every day and the work that I do and the life that I live, parenting, relationships. I love that. You got to go back to that and say, is this what I'm yep. set out to do? I love it. You had, a, you had a great practical takeaway with Deloitte saying that purpose-driven companies, three times more likely, three, three times, times greater more profit. More growth. More yeah. growth. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to just jump on uh, Tyler's uh, Google and say that I think Google is the most inexpensive, expansive textbook on planet Earth. Why do you need textbooks anymore when you have Google? And um, I love Google. Well, yes. I think what you said is so so powerful about the personal mission statement. I think if you don't provide that for your team and employees, then what do they have to drive off of? They should never have to come to me, and it happens right now. They come to me, well, hey, what do you think we should do with this? And what I normally say is, what do you think? And I get their input. And then like if it. it's negative, I usually say, do you think that's really what we stand for? So not that I have done the exact way, and I have to continue to work on that, but if we have a developed mission statement for our team and we say this is what we live by, whether it hurts us or whether it helps us, yeah. I think it's you can be a really impactful company. Uh, Nissan, when I was uh, used to hang out around there, um, they had a mission That's statement. Out. That's so long ago. Build high-quality vehicles for our global customers, and I still remember that. I didn't have to look that up. Yeah. And we talked about that at Yo Turf the other day. I think it's I think it's very impactful to have that for your company, so they know if they have to go back in their head, as you might have to do personally or as a business, to understand this is what this is why we do what we do. Got to realign. I think it's so powerful. And what about loves, the, the little mission statement clean, there? Pe- clean places, friendly faces. So for loves and the clean places and friendly faces that you'll see there all the time and hopefully some goat turf along the way, for Tyler and John, I'm Colby Jubenville, and this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. Boom. Uh-huh.